0: Well, hey there, guys. This is the Leadership Pour Over Podcast, and I am Jeremy, and I am our host today. My co-host, Aaron, is not going to be with us today, but I do have a great friend, one of my best friends, actually. You guys have heard me talk about him way too many times on the podcast thus far without actually Pretty being... much been
1: on the pod almost every single time. It's very true,
0: and his name is Daniel, so you've heard the name Daniel, it's actually true. You've been on the pod almost every single time. But nonetheless, he's actually on the pod in person today, so this is super exciting, and we're going to be talking about something that... I don't want to call you the expert on because our title is Accepting Disappointment. So I hope you're not the Nobody wants to
1: be the expert at disappointment. That's
0: <laughs> no, but you, in, at least in my friend circle, you are the expert in helping people accept their life disappointments. So as we get into this topic today, talking about disappointments from a, a relationship standpoint, from a personal standpoint, from, well, I don't know about you, Daniel but most of my disappointments come from my lack of met expectations in life which is usually hey, That's
1: a good definition right me? off the bat there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I was say, as we start
0: that what what is a good definition for disappointment and this is not, we're not saying this is like the perfect definition but what's a good one that we can work from as we start this conversation.
1: Well, it definitely has a lot to do with expectations uh, but I'm going to like tie that in and it's uh, you're putting your expectations or your hope into something and Mm -hmm. it doesn't meet those expectations. That would be what disappointment is. Uh, so you have hope, uh, you're expecting it to go that way. It doesn't quite work out the way that you're, you're seeing it. And that's when disappointment shows up.
0: Mm, And and since all of you listeners have had many deep moments of disappointment, I'm sure,
1: I'm sure as we say the word, uh, I'm sure
0: 2020 was the year of all your expectations being met, right? All of them, right? Yeah. Did you have any missed expectations last year?
1: A few, just uh, a few. It, it might surprise you to, to hear that. Yeah, know.
0: man, my year was perfect.
1: I should and be able slightest. to temper my expectations, right? I'm a mental health therapist. I should know this, but uh, yes. No, I, well,
0: on that, before we get deep into the topic, you are a professional help people with disappointment person. I'm sure there's actually a much fancier way to say it, but you, you've you actually um, have sponsored us. And so I would love for you just to share a little bit about what you do, the, the name of the, the group in which you lead. So just share with us a little bit on what you do. And hopefully some of our listeners can be encouraged to contact you.
1: Yeah. Well, I, thanks, Jeremy. I mean, I'm a mental health therapist. I just opened up my private practice as well as I'm a certified career counselor. So I'm able to kind of mix those two together, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a unique opportunity. But my private practice is called Ecclesia Counseling Services. And uh, yeah, you can see that at E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A-I-N-D-Y.com, EcclesiaIndy.com.
0: And he also has a Facebook as well. So yeah. check him out there. Mm-hmm. And you, This whole topic fun. is coming from a blog post that you just wrote recently. And so if you are interested in more information on this topic specifically, go to his website there. You'll find some blog, blog posts that he is posting on a regular basis. And one of them is about accepting disappointment. So you mm-hmm. can get some more information there. So this walk us through a little bit about this, some overall trends that you see with people with disappointments, how they kind of like, if you were to sit down and have a conversation with somebody about disappointments, how might you start it?
1: Well, I mean, just recognizing it, I think, is the first part of a lot of times we don't take the time to sit down and recognize that we are experiencing disappointment right now because it's uncomfortable. And like any other thing that is uncomfortable, uh, we're going to try to get out of it as soon as possible because we do not like to be uncomfortable at all. Nope. But that's, I mean, such a missed opportunity. And that's why, I mean... I am meeting with clients is because they're wanting somebody to point out something that they haven't necessarily seen themselves. It's easier for somebody Mm. else to point out something, um, that you're trying to avoid (laughs) and be able to say, Oh, well that sounds like you're kind of disappointed that that didn't happen. Um, and once you recognize it, then you're able to start working with it. It's in the room already. uh, And Mm. what one of my professors used to say in um, counseling school was, if it's in the room, let's talk about it. Mm. Um, But we're not used to talking a lot of times in our our culture, especially I think in the church culture. Yeah, totally. uh, About what's in the room. Yeah. So
0: So the elephant in the room you're implying is actually disappointment probably.
1: Well, many times, I mean, it can be a whole bunch of things. It can be conflict. It can be anything. And really, I, I think that that's a lot about uh, that blog post about accepting disappointment is is really about accepting just kind of where you're at in general and, and using it as a tool to get back to what you really should be putting your hope in or, or yeah. finding uh, a way to just kind of be like okay this is this is the norm like yes that disappointment happened but uh i can i can right. work with that yeah. i can get through there
0: so so there's two words here literally accepting and then disappointment and i feel like the deeper we go into disappointment and get a better understanding what disappointment is and how we approach it, help us get to the accepting side. So what I'm throwing you for a loop here because you weren't expecting this question. What are some myths that we have about disappointment that I don't, I'm, by the way, I'm taking notes. You all should be taking notes too, because what are some myths that I probably have about disappointment that is making it harder for me to accept it. And then to move forward through that journey of going through our disappointments.
1: I think it's the same kind of myth that we have for just about any sort of emotion uh we label our emotions as that's mm-hmm. a good emotion or that is a bad emotion instead of just being able to say that is an emotion we oh. are a human being
0: <laughs> so so it's almost as if you're saying it's not always the right thing to label them as good and bad just label as an emotion it, that disappoint- could be the right yeah. statement yeah
1: disappointment is disappointment you're going to experience that um it could be good, honestly, too. I mean, maybe if you want to label it, I mean, maybe the myth is that you're thinking, "Oh, it's it's always going to be a bad thing because you're mm. disappointed, it's uncomfortable." But it, I mean, sometimes you can be disappointed in a good way. I mean, because. Maybe you expected things to <laughs> <laughs>
0: to go much worse, but, oh, Ooh, but that's okay. not
1: necessarily disappointment. Too, that's like a relief yeah. kind of a thing. Uh, yeah, in you know, the other ways. So, like expectations and putting your hope in, in things might actually go two separate ways that way. Uh, that could be a whole nother podcast, probably.
0: Probably should be. So, so one, so one myth. I, I'm putting that word on you there, but one myth would be that we need to define what our 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 emotions as good or bad immediately. It, yeah, because I'm really bad at that. I'm like, oh, that's a terrible emotion, and I know at least for me, when I do that, it is like almost impossible for anybody to change my opinion of that emotion. Mm-hmm. It's like the moment I label it bad, it's bad, which is really hard to accept disappointment when I am mislabel everything as bad, or as good for that matter, depending on which one, like it is. So, or even
1: yeah, I think what you're saying is is correct in that as soon as you label it, then you're going to try to take action on it. Instead, like, Mm, maybe instead of like actually sitting in it and being like, what is this? What is this emotion telling me? What instead of if you're like, oh, I'm immediately I'm disappointed and this is bad. I'm going to take action to make sure that I'm not going to be disappointed anymore. How can I fix this? How can I get comfortable again? Mm. Instead of being like, huh, I'm disappointed. Let me sit here in the disappointment even longer, mm. which nobody wants to do. No one wants to do that with any emotion that is maybe a negative feeling. I mean, I'm angry. Let me just sit in this anger, like even longer. We don't necessarily like to do that in the church um, or right. sadness. I mean, I'm sad. Uh, let me, let me fix that sadness. I need to come up with a way to get over that sadness instead of like, hmm, I'm sad. What is the sadness here to like, tell me about what, what am I able to get from this experience of sadness?
0: It's almost as if you're saying, hey, uh, reframe, Christian specifically, reframe your perspective of what disappointments are. Because it's not like the immediate, hey, Jesus, get rid of this disappointment for me.
1: I think Jesus wants us to be disappointed in so times. Sure. times, Sure.
0: Well, we we started the disappointment. So we started the disappointment by the fall of man, right? right. So now we're in this journey of working through those. 1 Peter 4, 12, at our... At our Merge High School Ministry at Grace, I recently talked about how, if you read that verse, specifically in the message paraphrase, the the language and the attitude behind it is like, hey, life is very difficult, friends, but don't let that make you assume that God isn't still working. Mm -hmm. Because God is still working. And instead of feeling that way, we should actually receive it or accept it is where we're using today. We should accept that disappointment, that difficulty as a refining moment for us. So I know for me, you're as you were talking, I, I wrote this down. You said um, we need to sit in our negative disappointment motion a little bit longer. I run from them faster than the plague. Like I, no, I don't sit in negative emotions. I go fix things. Like I'm the typical guy who, when he's sick, oh, I'm not the typical guy, I guess. <laughs> when I am sick, I, we actually just talked about this over lunch yesterday, I will work and spring clean the house because I refuse to sit in a space where I can't get someone done. Yeah. Like I refuse <laughs> to do that. I joke about how I hate a loathe, quadruple loathe taking naps because I don't want to waste my time. Like what could I be accomplishing like if I'm napping it's because I'm admitting I'm tired or I'm admitting I'm disappointed. I need to get away from it. I hate admitting that. And so I just bulldozer right through those emotions what advice might you have for somebody else like me since i know there are plenty of people who are listening who had the temptation to never sit in that moment of disappointment because it feels as if that you're suggesting that's a really important first step how do you how does somebody like me find ways to do that
1: well you're immediately distracted yeah you're immediately going and bulldozing through um, so you have to have rhythms in your life that are going to slow you down where you're mm. you're practicing moments of silence, solitude, reflection.
0: Mm. Uh, solitude. That requires me to be by myself. Oh, well. How does that work for a raging extrovert?
1: Well, <laughs> exactly. <well>. <laughs> <Either> <laughs> I guess what way. I'm
0: admitting to all the listeners is that I have terrible patterns in my life. But okay. Anyways, didn't know this pod was for me, but it is.
1: Well, even people that are are non-extroverts sometimes like introverts will take oh solitude great I can do that really easily but uh, the the difference for that is your solitude shouldn't be a, a narcissistic solitude thing that's right. there just for your own benefit. Mm, uh, ideally, it's supposed to be solitude also to be able to be with with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that that silence, that solitude, that's going to benefit you over like a solitude for just having your own space Mm. um because i mean we need somebody probably to be there with us um yeah even in the solitude i mean if it's beneficial for a counselor to be able to call some things out that you're not necessarily able to see because you Mm -hmm. distract yourself you bulldoze right in past that distraction well, then you need to even in solitude, like it's not about you just continuing to bulldoze through and being by yourself. It's about placing yourself in a in a place where you're able to reflect and, and bring yourself into um, communion with with Christ. Um, which you know, I don't always have clients that are are of the Christian faith and everything, so I wouldn't go into yeah. that. I mean, everything comes and stems from Christ. So all of these mental health scientific evidence based uh, counseling practices, uh, they're good and they will work for people because, you know, Christ makes all things. Um, mm-hmm. But that's ultimately really would be the most beneficial thing is it's is not uh, just self-discovery, but, you know, finding out who you are yeah. through Christ, right? Uh-huh.
0: Absolutely. So you say the word acceptance. So we've got the idea of what disappointments are. I'm sure that we could list them. Um, well, actually, before we do, what is like, is there like a... Some, I, I asked about the myths, which is the opposite of what we think about, what is actually true about disappointments. What are some, some factual things that we should know about disappointments as we go into a, what is it we're actually accepting?
1: I think that what you're actually accepting is, is the what disappointment is telling you. Mm. Uh, as far as when you're disappointed, it's because you're, you're putting your hope in something. Mm. You're expecting something to go some way. What is that thing that you're putting your hope in?
0: Well, can you say that again?
1: When you are disappointed, it's because you are trying to put your hope into something and you want that thing to come true. Mm. And when you're disappointed, it has not come true. What is that thing that you were originally trying to put your hope in? And is that really what you're wanting to put your hope in in the first place? Is that going to actually satisfy Mm. you?
0: Ooh oh man, this is good. I, I am pausing for just a second so I can write this down for myself. I hope you guys do too. When you are disappointed is because you are trying to put your hope into something that is never going to satisfy. Yeah. And so the question is then what is it you're putting your hope into?
1: And that's why I'm saying that Jesus wants us to be disappointed yeah. because it points him back ultimately to him. back to him. Yeah. Because there's nothing that we can ever you know, get from our hopes (laughs) and and, uh, or expectations that will ever satisfy us besides Jesus himself.
0: How does this, um, so not to overly spiritualize it or to get too Christian-y here, but um, what about a person, I just had a conversation with a student this past week, who was describing um, her current circumstances and said, but I've been putting my hope in Jesus and I'm still like, mm. angry. So when somebody is still continuously living in a space of disappointment and yet they've been trying to put their focus on Jesus and they think they have, what might be a piece of advice you would give to somebody like that?
1: I think the the, the thing that's funny about that is like, we think that like, like the, Just because it's a good thing, (laughs) Uh (laughs) like, oh, I'm wanting peace or justice or whatever it is, like, that's not always going to work out. Like, just because it's a good thing doesn't mean that that should be what all your hope is in. Right. Uh, Because
0: you're not not hopeful in the good thing. You're hopeful in the good one.
1: Yeah. The one that's supplying the the thing. I mean, where does peace come from? Where does justice come from? Mm where are all these things um so i mm. I, I think just to kind of just rewind a little bit here because i think that we do we're both you know coming from a church background but right. have been mm-hmm. um, i've been a youth pastor yep. um before and have been on church staff and, and things like that um but like let's say i have a client that is not a believer mm. Yeah, um, But I'm seeing all these kind of hopes and, and things on other stuff. I have a client right now who um, really is, is really into baseball. I mean, he has a lot of, yeah, it's of awesome. hope in in, ba- in baseball. I mean, he, he's a good baseball player, um, wants to go to college and play baseball, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, like, I bring it up, and I whenever I see something like that, I'm just like, all right, what if this fails? What right. do you have left? We all need to have something mm when it it all bottoms out. So I mean, that's just a good question for us. Like if we're putting it into it, even if like, okay, if I'm still angry (laughs) or if I'm still experiencing all of these things, or I'm I'm hoping that I get here someday, but it doesn't happen. What do you have left?
0: Mm. What do you have left? What do you have left? I think we need to, mm, what do you have left? Okay. So how do we accept the new realities after disappointment? Yeah. If I feel like I have nothing left <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. to your question. Yeah. So we, how do you like ex- come to accepting the fact that you have nothing left? I think it takes more experience and time to sit in that fact.
0: Oh, so say that again.
1: It's just going to take time to sit in that fact that you might not have anything left. And then to realize, oh, wait, you know, this is actually okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I'm doing fine, even though like I put all of my hopes and expectations into this thing, but then, uh, this, wait, I'm still here. I'm still doing something. Maybe I was putting too much onto that one thing itself as well.
0: As I think about disappointment, I have been reading into uh, a lot of like lost theory, like Emotional loss, physical loss, mm-hmm. relational loss, specifically here at Grace, since we're going through a massive reorganization and helping guide a lot of staff mm-hmm. through just, I mean, no question, a lot of disappointment. But one of the things that I came to conclusion to two weeks ago when I was uh, vacationing and had time to think about it was that, man, all of us are going through a lot of loss, which is disappointment, but we don't always put those two together. Like disappointment, if you are disappointment, If you're in a disappointing phase or whatever, you're disappointed about something, maybe you're a parent, you're disappointed about what your kid did. It is actually, I think, in some ways, an acknowledgement that you lost something, Mm -hmm. right? And so I know for me, it's been helpful these last few weeks to because you've helped me navigate a lot of my disappointments. And the thing that I've had to um, categorize and even list out is what are the different forms of losses that I'm feeling? So for me, there's a loss of identity. So, like, I had to navigate, like, what happens if I wasn't at Grace any longer? And what if I didn't find a pastoral role right away? That's all I've known for years, right? And there was that loss of identity. I was more disappointed not in the fact that where I was left. I wasn't disappointed that, how do I phrase this? It's not that I wasn't disappointed that I could potentially lose my job. I was actually more disappointed with where I could be left. Yeah. which was the loss of actual identity. It wasn't even the job. It wasn't the money. It wasn't the, the relationships entirely. I mean, that's definitely part of it. But if I really boil it down for me, one of my big ones was I was so fearful of the loss of identity, which is really just rooted from my disappointments. Mm-hmm. So what? how does like loss... I use the word last theory. That's probably not right. But how does that translate into how we can process and continue to grow and accept our disappointment?
1: I really think you're on to something when it comes to loss and or grief, like grief, part of yeah, that it's a good word. cycle, yeah. right, is mm-hmm. acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, a good point. It's a, it's a cycle, right? It, mm-hmm. It's not something that is just through a stage and you're going to get to acceptance and then all of a sudden, like, you don't have to go back to anger mm-hmm. or back to all these other feelings or... Or things too. Um, but when you were talking about this, it brought up to me um, the, the Pascal cycle. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, what it is is uh, it's based off of like uh, the Easter story and the kind of things at the start of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have like Good Good Friday. That's a moment of grief and loss. Uh, you have yeah. Easter, a moment of hope. You have the forty days after Easter, which uh, is kind of real- realigning to Jesus is here, but it's like a new reality. It's not the same right. same as what mm-hmm. it was before um, the cross. And then Jesus ascends yep, uh, and blesses, and then the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost.
0: But the cycle almost completely redid itself after Jesus ascended to heaven. Yeah. I mean, Interesting. It goes, yeah, right. it goes it's a cycle. Right? I get it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but like this, this is a, it was used by Pascal to, it is actually used for embracing loss. Oh, okay. It is going through the cycle yourself. Um, so, what Good Friday is connected to, I mean, there's a grief and loss. Um, you had to name that death.
0: Ooh. Yeah.
1: Name your disappointment. What is it that you are disappointed about? Um, that's the, fir- the first part of that cycle you have to name it um but then right immediately after that is uh is easter which is uh, once again connected to hope right. which is the opposite of disappointment too so there is death but then there was hope there's hope somewhere in that death mm. yes there's hope somewhere in that disappointment um and then the next part of that is at easter you have to claim your your new birth right got to claim that resurrection there's a disappointment, but you need to also then claim your hope after that disappointment.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. after
1: that, um, there's always going to be that disappointment isn't gone.
0: <laughs> it, Facts it, to it, that. Just because you're a new birth, yeah. That that's
1: it, there's there's loss still there. Like Jesus is is back, he's ascended, but he's not walking around the same way as he was before he rose from the dead. I mean, he comes through a wall every now and then it's just different um the disciples lost a different kind of connection to jesus in, in that way they gained a new one right but you have to kind of grieve what you have lost you have to grieve your disappointment but then you need to adjust to that new reality mm. is there um and then after that forty days, you're you're realigning to that new reality. And part of that grieving of what you've lost is then afterwards, if you're just stuck on that disappointment and holding on to that grief, that loss, that hard thing, uh, you're gonna cling to that old part and you're not actually accepting and adjusting to your new reality. You gotta let it you gotta let it ascend. Mm. You have to let you have to let Jesus go and ascend before you're going to get that next that new blessing which is the the holy spirit. Yeah. So don't cling to the old thing, let it ascend and let it give you that blessing. What is the blessing that you can get from that disappointment? Uh what is what is it that you can get from it, it's not there anymore. I mean, right. That expectation and stuff, but there was there was something good about that. Mm-hmm. that sadness. I mean, sadness means that you've loved and maybe you've lost something, but yeah. you can accept the blessing of that love. Mm-hmm. And so how do you accept that blessing? And then the, the last part of that cycle is you accept the spirit of the life that you are now in fact living. You, you finally, you accept it. You're This is life. This is the life that I'm now living. I can, I can accept that blessing from my previous part of life.
0: What does it look like to accept dis- the the aftermath of disappointment?
1: I think then now you're finally able to take action, mm. but you're so not taking action. Looks like action. Yeah, you're you're not you're living into where you're at right now. Um, you're you're not sitting in that disappointment still um, and being a- unable to move and act upon mm. it. I mean, a lot of times we've had, especially in the pandemic. Um, there have been people and myself included that is just like, well, I, I can't, you know, do my job like I used to. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit there instead of accepting the new reality.
0: Because mm-hmm. um, when
1: you accept it, then you're, you're going to, you know, put the protective measures there. You're going to figure out a way, like, oh, I'm going to pivot to do more online stuff. I'm going to do telehealth. I'm going to do all these other things. But it's such a difference between that action, right, and then the action that you were trying to get rid of that disappointment and that uncomfortable in the beginning. Yep the the way out is not around.
0: <laughs> Ooh, I like that. The way you out is not around.
1: It's not around or or sitting before it or this. It's through. You have to get through it. You have to work through that disappointment. You have to sit in that disappointment. You gotta you gotta do it, and then you mm. can finally get through it.
0: So I'm I'm going to restate this again, what you just said. Guys, seriously, I am actively taking notes, and you may even be able to hear my keyboard just typing away. So in order to accept disappointment using the Pascal, is Pascal, right? Pascal, yeah. Pascal's uh, process or loop or whatever you call it, cycle. You need to name your loss, name your disappointment. So if you're in the space of frustration or disappointment, you need to name it. What is it? Mm -hmm. Like, and I know for me as on an Enneagram three, I like to repress my emotions and feelings. And so one of the first things I like to do, or I not like to do, I hate to do it. I know I need to do in a moment of really deep frustration and disappointment is to open up uh, an emotional wheel. And for me, I need to sit there and go, okay, what emotion am I actually feeling? Mm -hmm. Not as it good or bad, that's irrelevant. It, and I love how you said that it's for me, I pull up an emotional wheel. And what I had to say for my experience at Grace Church right now is that I'm just literally annoyed I'm annoyed that we're having to deal with all this mess. As a person who just loves doing ministry and loves loving people mm-hmm. and having to carry so much mess, I'm just annoyed. Yeah. But the moment I actually named it and defined it, I was able to work backwards and go, okay, now I'm angry. But angry isn't the real uh, thing. Well, I'm actually thank you annoyed. you for bringing
1: up anger too, because annoyed is anger, actually. Yeah. Right. I, so I, there, there's even more to it. It's not just naming an emotion. It's getting down to that core emotion mm-hmm. of yep. s- is it sadness, fear, anger, or joy? There's like yeah. these four core. But emotions. I had to
0: work. To it, and I, I can just tell you guys, it took a lot for me to name it, but it, I needed to name what the actual disappointment was mm-hmm. um, and where it was coming from. And then I love how you said, you said, then there is hope somewhere actually in your disappointment, not in the jammy form of racing around the disappointment. There is no hope. You there, It is irrational and irresponsible and immature to think that racing around your disappointment is going to find you new hope. Now you're going to find the hope by actually driving through and working through the disappointment that you're currently feeling. Number three, claim your new birth or as another way to phrase it is to claim your hope. You just discovered, um, if I mess this up, just correct me. Number four is the disappointment is not gone. The loss in which you, you experienced in step one is still there, but there is a new reality in which you can now thrive in. So using the disciples as an example, the it was a whole new world with Jesus. Although it was only 40 days. So a whole new world. Mm-hmm. But they they had to learn how to live within it. And it took them a while. I mean, I have-
1: and that's not necessarily what you have to accept yet. Right. The key word there was yet. adjusting.
0: Adjusting. That's good. That, like that
1: gives you room to try things on for size. Throw it against the wall. See if it sticks. You know? So make sure that it's not... You're still able to grieve what you lost, but you know you do it with with grace and with patience, and and know Mm. this takes time. I mean, there was 40 days, right? That's a right.
0: And the you see it. Peter didn't accept it until the very last second. Well,
1: even chapter 21, they were still staring up there too. I mean, yeah, at the very (laughs) end, Acts
0: chapter one verse nine says the angel comes to him and says, "Why are you just staring?" There was that was hopelessness. That was disappointment. That wasn't exactly probably how they felt It was coming. Well, to come I there, mean so. that
1: that was the um, the temptation to cling right to yep. to what was old, and, and they were still adjusting. Yep. They were still adjusting, right? They hadn't fully come to accepting it. They were leaps and bounds by that point further than what they were. I mean, Thomas wasn't even going to be able to accept that right. Jesus had rose from the dead unless he saw it himself. Yep, but. But so yeah. I just wanted to make sure that it's not just like grief what you have, but then ex- accept, it doesn't yeah. go like that. You got to adjust and have some grace about it. You the know? way in which acceptance
0: <laughs> looks like is naming it, seeing it, claiming a new opportunity, but also adjusting continuously. It's not because like it's this sounds linear. It's not linear. It's not by any means. And number five, he says that you have, you have to allow it to ascend as, and you actually have to no longer be dependent on the, on your disappointment. And, and that's how I'm phrasing it. Because I know I, if I've been in disappointment land for a while, I almost adopted as who I am. Right. And I'm not in order to actually, it the way in which you, I'm not sure exactly how you phrased it. it was so good. It was that you actually, actually allowed to ascend, which means you must let disappointment give you a blessing that you never saw coming before. Is how I wrote it down right. because like that's what the disciples had no idea that life was going to get crazier. But the blessings of four thousand people coming, they never saw that with Jesus, mm-hmm. and they did immediately afterwards.
1: So maybe an example would be like a good of like a disappointment, and kind of working uh-huh. through it would be be helpful. I mean, this is a silly one. Yeah. I don't know why this one like came to my mind as far it. as what disappointed me as a child. But one of the most disappointing things for me was vacation Bible school. <laughs> bbs <laughs> BBS. i mean what was disappointing to me about it though was i mean it said vacation on it and in my little kid mind i thought oh man vacation that means we get to go somewhere it's super cool like awesome this is going to be a new experience i get to go somewhere i'm expecting a trip and i love <laughs> this is a great good trip um but Oh, I am pulling up here. It's in the middle of summer. I'm going to vacation Bible school in the exact same place I come every Wednesday and Sunday. What <laughs> yeah. in the world is this? You're trying, <laughs> and all you guys did was take some styrofoam and make a stage and like a cutout and things like that. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I don't get to go in a van and experience something new. I'm still in this church. <laughs> what in the world? I'm so disappointed. Vacation Bible school is just. child daniel child marketing to me and it is disappointed about it so i i mean name that death right i didn't (laughs) i didn't get to go on a trip guys i didn't get there was like one that was like a white water rafting theme i never got to get in a white water rafting boat as a kid i mean wow like name it that's a disappointment for just about any kid (laughs) i love it but um there are some themes there that, like, that hope is still in there. What am I mm-hmm. wanting? I'm wanting a new experience. I'm wanting some adventure. I'm wanting some other things. It's just not necessarily looking the way that I'm wanting it to. V- VBS was still fun. I mean, right, exactly, yeah. Who didn't love VBS snack time? I mean, that was, like, the station. It was great. Um, it, it was – and there were new experiences. I mean, they they put you in a different world. It's it's your church, but it's not. Right. So, like, there's some good things that you can claim. Like, claiming that birth, that, like, oh, okay, like, something good has kind of come from this, but it's still a little disappointing, right? Mm-hmm. I, it's, and that disappointment is going to still be there as a kid. So, like, Tuesday in the week, like, okay, I'm still mostly disappointed. I'm adjusting as yeah. the week goes on yeah. uh, to the new reality <laughs> of uh-huh. I'm not going whitewater rafting on right. this VBS trip. Vacation is not the same sort of vacation uh, that I was thinking. Uh, So I'm taking some time and through the week of VBS, I'm adjusting to the new reality. Yep. I'm not going to cling to uh, by the end of the week. Hopefully I'm not clinging to the old like things, my old expectations of what VBS was supposed to be. If I'm still clinging to that, I'm not going to be able to receive the blessing of all those snacks that I had. Um, of yeah. all those games I got well, to play, that's good. all those other mm. things. If I'm still clinging to the old thing mm. that I was expecting VBS to be, and so then by the the last part of it, I can come to accept and know that next year, you know, VBS does not mean I actually get to go on a white water rafting trip.
0: But it should. <laughs>
1: it, it, it should. Wouldn't that it be should. great? I mean, that's, so honestly sometimes youth groups. <laughs> get yeah, to but, do well, that's that, what youth eventually. groups get to do. Yes. Yeah, but like. I'm getting to accept that the spirit of the life that I'm in fact living is that vacation Bible school means I get to go do these things next mm-hmm. year. And I can look forward to that. Right. Um. But who knows? Maybe that next one, there will be some disappointments from that. And I'll go right through the cycle. Or I can jump back to another part of the cycle. It's not linear. Um well, that's just like a silly example of something that has always kind of disappointed me as far as the marketing and churches go. Can we call it something other than vacation? Well,
0: here at Grace, we call it Grace Kids Camp. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's nice. So it, it's still in the same facility, but it's called Grace Kids Camp versus mm-hmm. Vacation Bible School. Vacation. I, I, it's funny that you, <laughs> you use Vacation Bible School as as <laughs> an example. I'll never forget. As a little kid, you know, the, process, the mind of a kid. Um, and I'll say this as a, as a quick little summary here, but um, they promised this big uh, like carnival and I'm excited. I'm thinking carnival, like it's essentially going to be the state fair, but at my church now, mind you, yeah. the church I was in was about 60 people. <laughs> I didn't know that as a kid though. Right. I'm just thinking like my dad said it's gonna be a carnival. He's the pastor. He's gonna, this is gonna be amazing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The carnival is a total of like six games. And then they did a yard sale with it that I didn't know was happening as a kid. And then as the pastor's kid, I had to sit there when I thought there was going to be a a huge carnival.
1: Oh, man. But wouldn't that stink if you just were sitting in that disappointment? uh, There's no Ferris wheel here. There's no this or that. I did for the
0: longest time. Right. And I I remember sitting in that frustration for so long time. But what's funny is now as an adult or this end of the story, right, because it's much years later, I remember laughing, going, what? That's like, you know, it was like this comical relief at the end going, okay, like it was fair. My assumption was that this carnival, but now I laugh and go, wow, my expectations were so off. Like, mm-hmm. why did I ever think? Like, and I think my disappointment so often, if I go back and I just not just adjust my expectations, but learned from those and go, okay, where, where, where was I over assuming? Yeah. Or sometimes underassuming, you know, underassuming can be like surprises. It's not, it makes you feel better about yourself, but you're really just underassumed. But if you're overassuming a lot without asking good clarity or clarifying questions, then you're going to live in disappointment a lot. And the other thing is, I'll just say this at the end, we should really do another podcast on this idea of disappointment. I'm having fun. But yeah. <laughs> I, How do we read? This is what I'd love to talk about again on a second podcast. Is how do we now readjust? How do we actually live out after we let it ascend? How do we start in a new cycle of living as thrivers through our disappointment, not just accepting the disappointment? So next week, after listening to this podcast, we will we will do a second round of talking about like what does it mean to thrive now on the back half of an acceptance. Of, of a disappointment after accepting and working through those things we encourage you to work through those make sure you use uh, pause throughout this podcast I hope you have and taken some really good notes Daniel thank you so much for being with us today this has been an incredible conversation and I'm ready for next week's yeah. for certain we, I wanted
1: to note though here uh, at the end yeah. um, we didn't have any coffee this, we did this not, week because which... Jeremy
0: is out in his office and it's a very depressing thing
1: so talk about um, disappointment uh, we didn't have any coffee you mean the pour
0: over podcast didn't have coffee
1: <laughs> but we we uh, have instead been enjoying uh, a bucket of animal crackers that are, are a little stale. So imagine <laughs> like the church nursery, like when you which were a is teen. where they came from. Yeah, which is where it came from. Your team, would go in. And, and say
0: this, Best yeah. by October twenty fifth, two thousand twenty.
1: I'm still eating them. So. Me too.
0: I have one in my mouth right yeah. now. Tastes sounds great.
1: So just wanted to make sure everybody knew we weren't having any coffee this week, but uh,
0: we're having some good stale animal crackers just to <laughs> live and learn how to process the six-step strategy of accepting disappointment. We're
1: really sitting in our disappointment. Right
0: we are now. Yeah. right now. Well, you guys have a wonderful week. Please go check us out on online at leadershipporeover.com on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then one more time, really quick as we close out, share your information so that we can uh, support some of our listeners. Yeah, uh,
1: klesiand.com E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A-N-D um, um yeah i do mental health counseling i'm available to anybody in indiana as i also do in person or telehealth um and i i really enjoy having clients that are in the middle of a transition yeah uh, and we're always changing in life how do we take advantage of that um, and then I also do, um, career counseling. So certified career counselor, one of the only ones in the Indianapolis area. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. It's Check them out fun. guys.
0: If you have any questions about that, please hit us up on our Instagram post. We cannot wait to chat with you guys about this next week and see how you guys are doing.